You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, today I thought I would have a little bit of fun and dig back into the archives. I found an unreleased conversation that I had with my good friend, Dustin Smith. You guys know Dustin Smith, uh, writer of songs like Miracles and I Speak Jesus. He's been on the podcast several times before. And uh, back in 2020, uh, just before COVID hit and the world would change forever, uh, Dustin helped me with something that I was doing called Worship Camp Online, where I took about a dozen worship leaders through a 10-week course, and we just talked all things worship. And so this is a very special conversation uh, with Dustin Smith from Worship Camp Online in 2020. I hope you guys enjoy today. So today, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Man, pastoring in worship, what's it like to be a worship leader or lead pastor that leads worship? Uh, we're going to talk about healing in worship ministry, which yeah. I'm so pumped to get yeah. into. Um, and then just some stuff with le- being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so first off, man, why don't you just give us a little snapshot of where you're at in life, maybe some of your worship journey that's gotten you to this place today. Oh, man. Snapshot. That's so hard. Well, <laughs> you realize a snapshot is get the older you get, the larger the snapshot is. You know, but you're only like, 22 and you've done so. Much. I know. It's, I've been yeah. <laughs> I've been 70 years in 22 years. It's been crazy. Um, though I, you know, it's crazy because I the journey for me. Obviously, we're in Nashville now, mm-hmm. and we just started a church called Hope. Uh, we actually partnered with Darlene Check and Amazing. Darlene and Mark out in Australia. We have four campuses here in the U.S. Uh, with Hope Unlimited Church. Mm-hmm. And so I'm senior pastoring that now. But I, you know, I grew up in church. So my dad's a pastor. Grandpa, I've got I have a picture of my great-grandfather baptizing my grandpa in a river when he was a little kid. What? And my future grandma is in that line waiting to get baptized by her future father-in-law. You know, like, serious? Yeah, it's crazy. It's under a huge tree where they used to do revival services and stuff. So like... There's an amazing legacy for me, yeah. you know, in in the church and in in God. But I went through kind of a rough patch. Our family, you know, with church and all kinds of stuff. But I, I was always involved in music, mm. doing that kind of stuff. And then I um, I went to school for music. I went to Evangel University. Oh, cool! And did some music there. Did vocal, and then got out and I led worship and just started leading vocally. Led a couple different churches and then ended up in Kansas City. And I spent. 17 years as a worship leader in Kansas wow. City at a church called World Revival Church and just really defined my life. I mean, yeah. just so many things of what God did and took me from a guy who never played the piano, never even written a song when I started, you know, and my pastor. So you were just leading vocally. I led vocally. No instrument. I never played. Actually, what's funny is in college, they wanted me to play piano yeah. i had to do piano proficiency and i dropped my major so i didn't have to play the piano nice. i did not want to play the piano i actually i wanted to but i didn't want to play classical okay. and they wouldn't teach me anything with classical huh. but they were just trying to teach me now i know they're just trying to teach me the foundation of right, playing right. a little bit of theory and i was like forget you but it's probably <laughs> god going hey i'm gonna help you for your future and i was like no nah, thanks i could do it mm-hmm. and then i and then i realized no you can't and uh <laughs> so i had to go through it the hard way you know and so, yeah, so I had not played. The first two churches I was in, I only led vocally. Wow. And then when I was in Kansas City, I was there for a couple of years. I was a youth pastor, actually. Uh, didn't know if I'd do music again. Wow. Uh, I now, got what to, got you to that place? 
I got to the point of, I mean, I'd only been in ministry three years and I was already to the point of like, I don't want to beg people to love Jesus. <laughs> like I felt like every time I got up to lead worship, it was like, please worship him. Yeah. Like, please. And, and you know, it's funny because I think as I was young, I was probably mostly judging it on outward response, which we okay. don't, we don't want to dictate everything by an outward response. But at the same time, it was also the discussions that would happen later with some of them. You know, I, this is crazy. This is 20 years ago, but I had somebody say to me, they called me into a meeting and said, hey, like, we want to know why you're not doing more hymns. And I was like, no, OK, I, I can I can <laughs> we can have that discussion, you know, and, yeah. and and I understand. And so we're talking about it and they're like and then another guy stands up and he goes, I want to know why you do that. Shout to the Lord song in, in our church. Are you trying to turn us into a vineyard church? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Oh my God. And I was like, well, first of all, it was written by, you know, Darlene and Hillsong, which is an assembly of God church, which right. is what I was in at the time. And I was like, and it's, it's the Bible. Right, like, right, right. Weird argument. Go to the Psalms. Yeah, yeah. So I think we would just make excuses to, to do whatever we wanted to do. And I felt mm. like people just found churches that fit their personality. Like they didn't even, it wasn't like they were like coming in like, are you guys pursuing God? Are you chasing God? Mm. They were like, oh yeah, this fits my personality. Wow. And then it's hard because then it, if it, if you feel like God's saying, I want you to, I want you to let all men lift holy hands in the sanctuary, you know? Right, right. And it was like, hey, let's do this. Like, nah, it's not really this church. There, you can go do that at that church. And I was like, well, this is a problem for me, you know? Wow. And so I, I really wrestled it. And so I ended up just telling my wife, I was like, I want to move to Kansas city. Yeah. And it was where I really got my life in college. I got just completely radically touched by God at a mm. church there. Mm. And so we went to visit that church and we were standing in the back and the pastor gets up and he says, Hey, he's like, somebody's visiting today and you're dying where you're at. Wow. And he said, you need to know this. Jesus died for those people. You don't have to say that again. Yeah. He said, Jesus died for those people. You don't have to. Wow. And I think I realized like I'm trying to be their savior and I can't, I can't, so good, I can't save them. And I can try to point them to, and I can try to walk with them in the journey. Mm -hmm. But if I have to sit around religion and beg people follow Jesus, Jesus didn't even beg people to follow Jesus. You know, he walked right. up and he said, come follow me. And he turned around for a walk. So good. And people were like, I, uh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, I, this, I could go the, I could be religious in that too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. at the time we just were so desperate just to be around people who cared. And, mm -hmm. um, and so my wife and I, I resigned, did not have any job and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was driving there. My father-in-law called me and said, the pastor knows you're coming to Kansas City and he wants you to know there's no job for you at this church. That's what you want to hear. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I said, I said, I don't care. I said, uh, I'm not coming to, for a job. I'll clean your toilets. Wow. I said, I just want to be with the people who care. Mm. And so I did. They put me on toilet duty at the church and I parked cars for the first few months. And it was, you know, and I got a job working on a farm, painting barns, making wow. $8 an hour cash. That was my life. Going from leading worship, getting paid pretty well yeah. at a denominational church. and But it was probably the most freeing thing that ever happened to me. Wow. And so then God just started the journey for me. And really, even the piano playing, my pastor asked me to get up on the piano to try a piece of equipment after a service. And I was like, I don't really play. And he's like, you can't play at all. And I was like, I can play three chords. 
and play a C chord, an F chord, and a G chord. That's it. And he's like, that's fine. So I got up and I played. And afterwards, the worship pastor, who was one of my closest friends then, he came up and he goes, hey, uh, pastor wants you to play in service tomorrow night. And I was like, well, that's funny. And at Are the all end, your songs in C, F, and G? I, that's what I asked. <laughs> I, that's what I asked. And he's like, no, they're not. Oh, and man. I was like, no, whatever. And he goes, no, I'm serious. He it's not really an option because at that point then, by then I had become the, I had started volunteering with the youth and then became a youth pastor Okay, and loved it. So I didn't think I'd ever do worship again. Mm -hmm. And so I panicked and I went home and I got a keyboard and I sat down in my basement for hours just mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to play. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I played in that service and it was horrible. And the pastor <laughs> came to me afterwards and he goes, it wasn't too bad. He goes, why don't tomorrow you play and sing a song? And I was like, are you? So I did shout the Lord in the key of nice. C, which is way too high for dudes. Yeah, it is. But I didn't know what, that's the only key I could play and sing in <laughs> halfway. No transpose button? No transpose oh, button. Oh, I didn't even man. know what a transpose button was. <laughs> it probably was on there. I didn't even right, know it. Right, right. So anyways, I did it. And and my pastor came up to me afterwards and he said, that's, he's like, I want you to play from now on. Mm. We were, it was a big church and he had to take a guy off the piano to put me on. A guy wow. who was good. And I said, I said, I'm not. I'm not that good. I don't think I could do this. And he just looked at me and he said, good. Wow. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, what? What do you, this makes no sense. <laughs> What's happening? And so I went home and I just started for, for months. My wife would tell you, like, I'd, I'd put the kids to bed. I'd even go lay with her sometimes so she fell asleep. So she didn't feel like I was, you know, right, like right. not with her. And then I'd go downstairs and for hours, wow. I would sit at the piano trying to figure out how to play it. Mm. And I would open up the Psalms mm -hmm. and I would just try to sing the Psalms. And one night I got so frustrated because I cannot get my left hand or, you know, like I'm trying to like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. And I felt, um, I just asked God, I was like, why do you want me to play the piano so bad? Mm. And I felt them say, I'm not trying to teach you to play the piano. I'm trying to teach you how to worship. Wow. And I felt them basically saying like, you you think because you can sing, like if you can sing really nice, like I'm happier. Mm -hmm. Like if you can make, if you can sing it better, I'm happier. And I felt them say like, the reason I have you on the piano is because you don't know what you're doing and it makes it innocent again. Wow. Like when's the last time you just came to me and just finger painted for me? Wow. You know, when's, when's the last time you're just like a kid again? And I said, it's hard because even in worship, a lot of times, like we're trying to get kids like stand still and like, come on, put your, get your hands up. Try. And, and the kids are just like dancing in worship. And you're like, hey, stop, like slow down. And I feel like God's like, why are you, I actually want you to be more like them. Wow. Like, why are you trying to get them to be like an adult? I try to get adults to be like children, <laughs> you know, like. Reverse right? engineering. Right. So he's not trying to get us to be more perfect. And that's what he likes. Right. He's not saying like, oh, your, your excellence is what I desire. Come on, man. He's saying your heart is what I desire. And I'm going to get it however I can. And, and for me at that time. It doesn't do away with excellence, but mm -hmm. for me at that time, excellence had become the God. Wow. Because through college and stuff, the vocal preparation you do, and if right. I, it's like you got to be perfect in this, and that's, yeah. that's how you're graded. Mm. And so I don't think I, I thought that way, um, like that was a process. Mm -hmm. It was just how I trained. I was trained. Wow. So it wasn't like I sat there thinking, oh, I got to be better to be accepted by God. It was just that my actions revealed that that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I was better at this, he'll like it more. Wow. And I feel like at that point, God just started saying like, no, I needed to be innocent. And I broke. And mm. I remember just sitting there and I'd start, I'd sing the Psalms in, and then I would just try to sing the Psalms without singing the Psalm. Right. 
And, and I spent 17 years really with God just trying to teach me how to worship. Mm. And then um, through that, what it did was it made me, this is, the, this is what's crazy about it. Because I wasn't so consumed with this being so perfect, mm. I started realizing that I was looking at people's eyes again. Wow. Instead of focusing on the music, I was able to look at people and realize like, if you want to be a worship leader, you, you got to be leading something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just out for a walk, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to, and, and I feel like God's saying, I gave you music as I, I say it like this, even in shepherding, like I look at music as a rod and a staff. Wow. Okay. So, so I'm a shepherd. So a shepherd for people the reason they had a rod and staff, so Psalm 23 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So a rod was meant to beat the living tar of every <laughs> enemy that came after the sheep. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to beat down the lion, the bear. Like David said, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to destroy that thing in your life. Mm. And the staff was, they would knock the ankles and they would pull, pull them in and get them closer With because the hook. closer yeah. they, they were, the safer they were. Wow. You know? So, so my, our job, if we're going to shepherd people, then our job then is to use songs as tools and weapons versus um, as something that we just get to sing. And so I'm going to use one. I I, I learned for me, like I'm going to use one song. People are like, why are you so repetitive with that? Like it's, you know, it gets old or it gets, and I was like, well, I'm not actually singing it to you. I'm actually singing it to the thing that's been whispering in your ear all week that you're not going to make it. Dude, come on. Man. You know, like I'm I am destroying that voice. Second uh, wow. Second Corinthians says, for the weapons we fight with are not of this world, but right. they're powerful to demolish every stronghold, yep. argument, and pretension that sets Set itself up against yeah. the knowledge of God. So when I walk in, I know part of my job, because some people would be like, Why does it take so long for people to warm up or get in? You know, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have to do that. And I was like, What are you talking about? Like all week long, the enemy has been building up walls to keep them from the knowledge of God. Wow. And you know what we're going to do today? Why do they walk out of our service feeling stronger? Because when they came into the service, what we did was we put a sword in their hand. Wow. And we started tearing down that wall that kept them from the knowledge of God. And when they walked out, they were reminded mm. of who he is, the mm. greatness of who he is, the bigness of who he is. And so my job when I walk in, if I'm going to shepherd people, then um, this can't just be me and God. you know. And that's what God started doing in me in 17 years. Here's the interesting thing then. So for me, I'm a, you know, we'd say I'm a senior pastor now. And that's a, you know, that's a, a term. That's just a, that's a, that's our term, you know, sure. Western culture. Sure. Yeah. But um, we've been so focused on titles. For me, it's an easy transition because I'm just, I'm still a worship leader. I'm, I'm, I'm just a shepherd. Yeah. How that shepherd job plays out. Mm. I don't care. I don't care if it, if, if my, so here a worship leader then, we, the reason we say, I think, so if we're a worship pastor, a worship shepherd, that just means that you're a shepherd just like me that has, that uses music as it's your tool. tool and weapon. Yeah, that's so good. So me as a, as, as maybe we'd say the senior pastor, nothing's really changed for me except my main tool may not be music right now. Mm. You know that's what I mean? So good, like, man. It, it, we're all, if we're shepherds, we're all people of the word. We all love people. Mm-hmm. So I think worship leaders need to start taking on a different attitude. When we moved to Nashville, one of the reasons we moved is because the Lord spoke to me and said, I have too many kids with guitars and not enough shepherds. 
And and here's wow. the truth. That can sound just like a harsh thing, really. But I felt like the Lord said, it's not because they want to be. Yeah. It's because they've been prostituted by a system that says that's the only thing we care about. Wow. So we see these we see these churches who are good churches, big churches that that are succeeding. A lot of it, it's like you see the picture of it and you hear the music and you're like, so pastors then go, we got to be at that level. Right. So what, what they do is they don't look for people who care. They don't look for guys who care about people. Mm. They look for guys who are great at music. Wow. Because that is what they saw. Mm. But the hard thing is, is they don't realize a lot of those. You've been in the big church. You mm-hmm. understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't realize a lot of the big churches are birthed out of people who care about people. Right, right. People go where they're cared for. Right. Yeah. And exactly. so, and so, yeah, they got great music, but that's what you, that's what you saw. Mm. You didn't see what undergirded that because so you just good. watched a video. Wow. So, so you can, you know, you can say like, well, I don't want to, you know, we need to have great music like that. It's like, that's fine. But that great music was birthed mm. out of this passion for people. Or so, and is that the way a hundred percent of the time? No. But my concern is, is that we filled our churches with guys who are great musicians yeah. that put themselves in a, then they're frustrated when they do want to care for people or they want to pull people together. They can't a lot of times because it's mm. not really what we call, ask you to do. We just ask you to come in and be really good at music. Yeah. And so then it's like, you're drawing people to yourself. Or you're doing, wow. And I just, I'm going to, I feel like that system's breaking. And I feel like God is starting to ignite in the heart of leaders a heart for people again. You're right. Yep. And the biggest condemnation Jesus had against the religious culture was like, you don't care about anybody mm. except for yourselves. Mm. Like you leave everybody out and you push, you you make up rules to try to exclude more people, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and so yeah. he says, you're people who praise me with your list, but your hearts are far from me. Your worship of me is in vain. Mm. This is just rules taught by men. For you have held on to the traditions of man, but let go of the commands of God. And he said, wow. the greatest command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And I just think that there is a revolution happening where people are good at music, but love people. Not mm-hmm. love people and they're good at music. Or not, not um, love music and good right. at people. Right. Wow. You know? That's insane. I mean, if you think about it, too, Jesus was like, look, I'm going to take all of the law of the prophets... And I'm going to boil it down to just this mm-hmm. because he had to tear down that system that you're talking about. Yeah, All right. these things that we placed and I, you know, it's so interesting when you were talking about just the role of, you're still a shepherd. You're just in a different seat. Yeah. And I, I love, you know, Mark Batterson, the pastor of, of national community yeah. where I was at for so long, he would often say, I, I'm just the under shepherd. Yeah. You know, Jesus is leading this church. Yeah. And so even when you were talking about the idea of, of, you know, sometimes we seek a title, you know, and we're trying to figure out, let the title dictate your role. No, let you just step into the role and we'll figure out all that stuff. That's, that's, that is so secondary. Yep. That's, that's tenthary, if that's even a yep. word. Yep. And I just think if we can get, get a hold of that shepherding piece, yeah. that's the key, man. If we don't, we're in trouble. Mm. Because it, everything, it, when the fire comes, you know, and yep. it does come, mm-hmm. then what, what's left standing? Wow. You know, is and music will burn away. <laughs> you know, everything else will pass away, but yeah. love's not going to pass away. Like, what is this thing? And so, when we're going through these major battles, none of us are sitting around like, I wish somebody was here with a guitar. You know, wow. it's like, no, I wish somebody was here with their arms wrapped around me. Wow. You know, and music has that ability to help us with that. 
and gives us some voice to it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us, you know, I always call it function over title. Even when I was looking for worship teams after that, I would stand on the platform and I would look for people who were worshipers. And then I would Mm -hmm. go to them and go, hey, uh, I don't know, do you, I don't know if you play an instrument or if you sing. Uh, And I had one girl, she's like, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm an, I'm an okay singer. And I was like, do you want to be on the worship team? Mm. She's like, I'm an okay singer. She's like, you guys are amazing. And I, and I said, you're a worshiper. I need a worshiper on the stage. That's good. I, I said, I have good vocalists that are worshipers, um, but I need, I need a worshiper like you on the stage. Would you come up? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll mute your mic if you want. <laughs> right. Cause I said, you're right. We have great vocalists that are worshipers too. Yeah. But I was like, but you're a worshiper. I need you. We had, a, we had one guy who was a phenomenal worshiper and he was a, a good acoustic guitar player, but he wasn't great. And um, we said, would you come up and play? We won't plug you in until, until you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Nobody will know. Like we plugged him in. So it looked yeah. like he was plugged yeah. Yeah. and he played for, why isn't he plugged into the DI? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But he played for over a year wow. without being heard. Yeah. Nobody knew it. That's cool. He knew it. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. He wasn't up there so everybody could hear him. <laughs> he was up there as a picture. Wow. And, but he cared about people. So he, you know, our goal and my whole team, I started teaching my whole team. Don't close your eyes through all of worship. Look in people's eyes and find the person you're going to sing yeah. through today. Yeah. And, and I had our whole team, guitar players, even drummers, everybody, Look, look for that person. And I want you to ask the Lord, what do you want me to, if I said something to that person today, what would you want me to say to encourage them? Mm. And then sing these songs through them. Mm. Drummers, look somebody in the eye this today. That's why I turn the lights up a little bit. Open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't close your eyes through all worship because you're telling everybody you don't care about them. Wow. You're saying, it, it, you know, I just, I, oh, people are a distraction. No, people are the goal. Right. Like for God so love the world. So good. You know that he gave his only son. He gave it because he loved Mm. And so I know it's hard sometimes, but open your eyes, mm. look in people's eyes, and then the songs will be moved. You'll know if you need to repeat it because you'll know if you're st- still tearing down that wall. Yeah. Because yeah. you saw in their eyes, like they still have that wall. And we lead at a, at some, at a it's not a church, it's a business thing. Half the people there aren't, aren't Christians. Love it. And we do that every once in a while. We don't do it all the time. And, but when we do, it's funny because we'll have seven, 8,000 people there, half of them aren't believers Amazing. and we'll start a worship set. And sometimes people in the front row are just like this, you know, and, but I never get frustrated with it because they don't know. They don't right. know. Like right. there's a wall there. Yeah. My job is not to go after them. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm wrestling against the spirit here. That's and so, so good. I'm singing a, you are good, mm-hmm. good. I'm not, I'm not singing it to beat them down. I'm singing it over that spirit right. that has kept them from thinking he's not that good. Mm. And that spirit knows, you know, it's there. Wow. And I think that we attack that thing. And, and it's funny because I'll watch them. And then uh, in a minute, their arms will be down. And the next thing you know, tears are coming down their face. Come on. And you're like, now you see him. Strongholds breaking. Now you see him. Like breaking. pictures paint that picture, right? Wow. Our, our music paints that picture of the beauty of who he is, the greatness of who he is. And people start going, oh, I never, I never saw that. Mm. And that's what I want. I want to, you know, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Wow. So I'm trying to magnify him, which doesn't make him bigger. It just makes him bigger in your eyes. Okay, say that again. 
magnifying him like you know when you're a kid and they get the microscope yeah. and you're like zooming in and the and the bug you know and it's like whoa i can see things on that bug i never saw before yeah it wasn't because the bug all of a sudden got bigger wow you know it's because it got bigger in my eyes wow. my focus got yeah. better and i think for yeah. us magnify the lord means today he you're gonna walk out of here he's bigger than a mountain mm that try to keep you from seeing him. He's bigger than a giant that try to keep you from speaking his name. You know, he's, he's, he's bigger than the fear. He's bigger than the cancer. He's bigger than the, um, the doubt. Like, wow. so how do I, how do I do that in a room? I just magnify it. Mm. I just speak of his goodness mm. and people are reminded like, you're right. Like you're, you know, and so it's crazy because then what we're doing is is we're not just doing it in a church service. We're actually, church services are just the training ground. It's not the goal. So right. church services are where I put that sword in their hand. So when the, sing, when the single mom has four kids and she's at home by herself, my hope is that she starts getting stirred at home because she has a frustrating thing. And then all of a sudden she starts, I can't remember who said the quote, but it, it was, it's an old time guy. And he said, um, when the song goes away, the, the melody lingers. Ooh, that's good. Which means she's sitting there and there's a hard thing. I'm not going to make it financially. I'm struggling yeah. financially. And all of a sudden she starts to hear the melody. Mm-hmm. Where was that seed planted? Wow. That, was, training that, ground. that seed was planted in the training ground. That seed was planted in that service. Yeah. And, and I put a sword in her hand. Wow. So when she walked out of that service, she had another weapon to fight with, another tool to build with. And she starts singing over kids. Last night, I went to my kids, my kids' room, and my uh, James, my guitar player, you know, and mm-hmm. well, he's our worship leader now. And okay. He's a shepherd, and and his role right now is to to do the music and use music as that tool and weapon. And um, him and I wrote a song for his dad who's battling cancer, and uh, so he came with this chorus that just says, "I speak peace, peace, come into the room." I speak peace, peace over you. And I speak life, life, come into the room. I speak life, life over you. Well, that song actually became uh, really a weapon in my hand. Last night I went into my kids' room and I pray over them every night. And my boys were laying there. My youngest had had uh, strep. He's kind of wore out and he's overcome it. You know, he's he's getting better on the mend. And But in that room that night, I went to pray for him and I just put my hands on him and they, my youngest has a hard time sl- slowing down and sleep, you know, even when he's, he's just, I've got one like that. Yeah. I've got two like, like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I just laid my hands on him, got ready to pray. And then I just, I speak, peace, peace. started singing that. Mm. And I sang it six to eight times probably. And both of them out, out oh, like a light. Wow. Like, and can I get that soundtrack? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play it at bedtime. Tonight. Right. And, uh, and so I realized like, even for them, they've had, they've had, you know, if, if my, if my, uh, my middle child, he, he had nightmares at one point a, a few years ago. And I remember sitting down with him before he went to bed that second night, he's afraid to go to sleep. Because mm-hmm. of it. Wow. And I said, Hey, remember that song? Uh, we were a song called we're warriors. And and he's like, yeah. And I was like, you want to play it tonight? I was like, cause remember you're a, like, you can speak to that thing and that thing's got to go away. Mm-hmm. And so this melody mm-hmm. started right. And he, we sang it together. And, and that next morning he's like, I didn't have a nightmare. Wow. He's like, can we play that song through the Amazing. night again? And, and that started, 
but that is a sword. Yeah. That is a tool in the hand. So good. So, uh, so even going to the senior pastor role didn't really change anything for me except, and that's why I don't hold on to the, I don't feel like, what am I going to do if I'm not leading worship? Yeah. Like, are you crazy? I, I'm always leading worship. Wow. Like I'm a, I'm a worship leader. I just, music isn't my main tool right now. Mm. And honestly, here's the crazy part. I was a shepherd when I was cleaning toilets too. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to take care of people. Wow. So I was willing to deal with their crap. <laughs> nice. There you go. There you go. Literally. Uh, yeah, right. Man, <laughs> I, I heard a uh, I heard an 80-year-old pastor in a in a conference of pastors. Yeah. Uh, this 80-year-old pastor, he just gets up there and he, he shares about five, ten minutes. But one of the things he said I've never forgotten. And he said, Let your towel be louder than your title. That's good, man. And he just preached about how Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Yeah. Even Judas. Yeah. And um you know, I've never forgotten that, that we're called to serve. Yeah, man. We're called to love. Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. And that's my heart. And I think that, I think we're finding generations willing to do it, though. Mm-hmm. And they're serving each other. You're right. And I, I said, you have to learn how to do it because some of, some people are crying out for the nations and they haven't even learned how to take care of their family. Wow. <laughs> if you can't serve your family, you'll never serve the nations. So good. You know? So serve your family, serve your church family, mm-hmm. serve well, be the one who's like, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a senior pastor. I'm not afraid to go out. I'm not afraid to take out the trash. I'm not afraid to clean. I'm not, yep. I, I'm not, I just want to see people, you know, experience God. Mm. And I think that if you can find people who will function in that, they won't care what they're doing because mm-hmm. no title can define me. Titles actually limit me. Wow. So even when we went in, I said, I, I told them, I said, if James to be your worship leader has to be up here behind this mic with a guitar every Sunday, and he can never stand with his wife and be led in worship, you're at the wrong church. Wow. Because he's, this is not, this stage is not what defines him. This stage will limit him. Wow. Like God's trying to expand your Man. territory and you're limiting it, thinking that stage is so powerful. Why God gave you the nations. Like there's a story in the Bible where when Saul gets um, rejected as king and, and Samuel, Samuel's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He's like, why did you keep that? And he's like, oh, I was going to sacrifice it to God. And, and Samuel looks at him and he says, you think too little of yourself. Mm-hmm. He says, you're, you're too, you think too little in your own eyes. And I was like, no, he thinks too much of himself. That's why he kept him. Wow. But Samuel, Samuel goes, don't you, don't you remember God made you a king over a nation and you limited yourself to, to making an idol of yourself? Wow. Like that idol, you thought you was so big because you made an idol. Like, yeah. oh, look at that big statue of me. Look right. at that. Like, right. look, I am everything. And he goes, that is, that is so limiting. Mm-hmm. God made you a ruler over nations wow. and you limited it to a statue. Like we, God made us ruler over a nation. Mm. when god made us rulers over over nations said i want you to speak to nations mm-hmm. and you're and you're limiting it to a stage wow like that's probably what you'll have then yeah because he'll let you have it you well know? you know pride is just insecurity masking itself oh man no doubt. it's never yeah. that pe- it's never that people are oh i'm, I'm this and that I'm, I'm so huge you're right it's they're small in their own eyes and so they have to project a false image of yeah. what that looks like Man, and that's something that I think if we can grab a hold of that as worship leaders that have been given an opportunity to lead, don't find that identity in the platform. Yeah. Don't find it in the title. 
Nope. Find it as a shepherd. Yep. That's so good. Shepherd your team. Yeah. Shepherd your team first. Get mm-hmm. around your team. Love on your team. Have them over at your house. That's hard, man. Yeah. It's like, because yeah. I want to do the bigger things. And you're like, no, that's the big. When Jesus, wow. when Jesus, he's speaking to his father and he goes, um, I've, I've done what you asked me. And he goes, I have 11 of the 12 mm. did what I did, you know. And so he goes, I did what you commanded me. Mm. And I was like, so Jesus' ministry all boils down to what he did with 12 guys. Wow. I know he healed the sick, raised the dead. But when he's talking to Father, he doesn't go, hey, remember, I healed, I so healed Bartimaeus. I healed. He goes, hey, I pass this on. And 11 of the 12 mm-hmm. guys. Even Jesus didn't have a perfect record. You know what I mean? Like one guy. And he goes, he goes one fell away. Yeah. But I did with the guys you asked me to do. Wow. And he said, and I pass this on to 12 guys. And I think, wow. th- and you know this, and, and, and listening, I think for all of us just to have the heart check of like, would I be satisfied if I only touched 12 people? I know I could be in front of thousands. I get it, I, all that. But I, I, would I be satisfied? So when we started with hope you see, I felt the Lord asked me, what would your church look like if you never saw another one on Instagram? <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. I said, it'd look like a family. Mm. And he goes, then do that. And, and I felt him say, what if you never wow. thought you would be seen on Instagram? What would your church look like? Come on, man. I said, I probably wouldn't have all that extra stuff, you know? Yeah. He goes, don't, don't have the extra stuff. Just do what, do what you guys do. Yeah. And I thought, this culture, it's hard, you know? And yeah, and so like if you were never seen on Instagram and what would you look what would you do? Mm-hmm. What would you look like? Mm-hmm. If you never knew what another church was doing, what well, what would you do with what the Bible says? Come on, man. And I know we can learn from each other. Yeah. You and I do. I, yeah. I love listening to your stories. I think even some of the stuff you said today just solidified some things in me and confirmed wow. some of the things the Lord was saying when we were talking just before this, mm-hmm. you know. And, I think that that that's incredible when we can strengthen each other and confirm things in each other. But when we're doing it because we think that that's the picture of success. Right. And so I'm just imitating something and I'm not asking God anymore. Mm. Then I think I'm in trouble. It's so interesting. Earlier this week, I was with Mark and he shared the story about out of numbers 11 and 12, when Moses was out at the tent of meeting with the 70 that God wanted to place his spirit on. And, uh, and Joshua said, well, there's these two guys, Eldad and Medad, that are back in the camp, and they're, they're prophesying too. Do you want me to shut them down? And, and Moses said, are you doing that for my sake? Let him prophesy. Yeah. And it was so interesting. Mark said, Moses was following God. Joshua was following a man. Oh, wow. And following after Moses made Joshua, hey, we got to protect this. We got to shut it down. Oh, yeah, you know, it was the comparison yeah. game. Well, Moses was like, no, I want everyone to prophesy if they can. Yeah. And I just think it's so interesting that as churches, we need to always lift each other's arms. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's really the body of Christ. That's the kingdom mentality that we all need to have. It's like, I love coming and learning from you. And I love having conversations with guys that are further down the road. I I just want to learn. Yeah. I feel like I'm always in that learning mentality. And I think everybody that's watching and and learning in in worship camp online is that's, that's the same mentality of like, teach us, teach us because the moment that we become imitators of other churches, we've stopped looking to Jesus. Yeah, right. And man, you just hit it on the head. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit 
curtisparks.com. <laughs>